0: Welcome to Roundtale Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about we talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I wanted to just quickly, before we begin, have a little PSA, because I've had this conversation I think three times this week with people, and I just want to extend it to our audience. There are two ways you can enjoy our podcast. Let's hear them. Well, I mean, there's actually probably hundreds if you think about it technically. But we have an audio version, which you can listen to in your car, on your phone, through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Or you can watch us on YouTube. Isn't that cool? It's very cool.
1: I know we did have that that was a surprise for some people.
0: <laughs> it's a surprise. Well, because for so for some people podcast means one thing and so a yes. video kind of feels like a different thing. Yep. So I just wanted to shout that out. That's good. Cuz I actually you. some podcasts I will prefer to watch one way mm-hmm. or I'll catch it kind of in one or two ways depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. I often listen to podcasts while I'm driving. Oh, so nice. I will listen to them obviously sure. in that situation. Um and then you know, sometimes it's fun to sit. You know, the longer ones are good for driving, and then the short shorty ones are nice for a an afternoon yeah. entertainment, if you will. Exactly. So we have an event coming up here we at do. Round Hill Community Church mm-hmm. about prayer. Prayer. And the title is is Praying.
1: As if for the First Time.
0: Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. So what is it? What Let's is start it? there. Let's start. What is the event? let will yeah. start with the event.
1: So, Gary Gunderson, uh, the Reverend Dr. Gary Gunderson, mm-hmm. and his spouse, Dr. Teresa Cuts, are deeply affiliated with Wake Forest University. They teach in the Wake Forest uh, University School of Medicine and in the School of Divinity. Ah. They've been very involved, both of them, in public health work for their entire adult lives. Ah. Um, so... Some years ago, I got to know Gary through his writings, especially through his wonderful book, Deeply Woven Roots, which we used as a sermon series here back at the beginning of the year. And um, when I was uh, studying that book, I reached out to Gary and told him I was going to do that. And he asked me if I had, was aware of his newest book, ah. which is a very slender volume about prayer. And it actually contains the prayers which Gary has written, I think especially over the last two to three years. They're beautiful prayers honest, and uh, forthright, and bold, and I just really loved them. And the other thing he did was he set these prayers, uh, put them in a video context. So for those who are visual learners, Mm. that was really, really beautiful. Gary himself said, uh, look, um, I'm working on this book. I want to bring the book out into churches for workshops. What if I came up to Round Hill Community Church? in April at some point, and hosted a workshop. I love it. So he and Teresa have just started to go out to work with local congregations to deepen their experience of prayer as it relates to their ministries. Mm -hmm. And he has a wonderful, he has several definitions of prayer, but one of them is prayer is, is a spirituality that strengthens your civic muscle.
0: Interesting.
1: Right? So it's something that really gives you the wherewithal to do what you're Want to do and are called to do out in the wider world, so he's going to be coming on April the twenty third, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a four hour workshop, ten to two, including lunch. And uh, anybody who's interested can register through the church office, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really looking forward to it.
0: That sounds like a wonderful, a wonderful experience, especially, you know, post Easter. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, and all of all of that good stuff. So when I think of prayer, I often <clears throat> think of like. Praise. I do this at my house. I don't know if you do. When I'm, when I'm about to tackle something a little bit challenging, yes. I turn to my husband and I go, pray for me. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. I just send, send something good out there because I can need it for this task I'm about to do. Um, do you do you do that?
1: Is it, yes, I do. <laughs> okay, good. And isn't that it, what's interesting about it, Leslie? Is how the language of prayer is so woven through our daily speech, right? right? Pray for me, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it's it can be kind of a little throwaway comment, right? right.
0: Yeah, that's a little flippant sometimes, for sometimes, sure. Yeah, but
1: but also then, of course, there are the other heavier occasions when people are saying, "I'm going into surgery. Would you pray for me?" Sure. Or someone in my family has a need. Would you pray for them? Mm-hmm. And I would say this is probably the most frequently received request for pastors, sure. is that people come to us all the time and say, Some, something is happening here in the life of this person. Would you also add them to your prayer list? Which in itself is an interesting thing, because we have checklists, to-do lists, mm-hmm. and we also have prayer lists. Sure. And I still have devotional books that people have given me over the years, which will have at the beginning of the month, this month's prayer list. So the assumption is that you're carrying a certain number of people in that list mm-hmm. and it may carry over from month to month. Mm-hmm. But you know, that really describes prayer as a kind of work. Sure. Right? A it's, discipline. It's a discipline.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Shannon and I, I want to say, <clears throat> chatted about that a little bit when we were discussing the spiritual disciplines mm. a few months ago. You can catch that episode here at Round Radio. Yes. Um so it leads to a obvious question mm-hmm. of what What is prayer?
1: What is prayer? What is it? What are we doing when we pray? Yes. Right? Yes. It's a, when you stop and think about it for a moment, it's usually um, a question that halts us in our tracks, right? I mean, it's what exactly is going on? Mm-hmm. I think if you talked with uh, 20 different people in any congregation on a given Sunday, you'd get 20 different answers to this question. Sure. Uh, some people are just hoping against hope for them. There's a great mystery out there and they are sending their prayers in the direction of that mystery. And they're hoping it's not to say that they aren't sincere. They are, but they really don't understand what that mystery is. Um, not that we can ever necessarily understand it. Others feel, uh, when you ask them about their prayer lives or their experience of prayer, it's like they're sitting down with their best friend. Mm. And they're having a one-on-one conversation with Jesus right in the room where they're praying. So you get those two extremes and everything in between. Mm. And I, I, so I would say, and uh, this is kind of a difficult word to use for this, but it was a word that was given to me by somebody in the congregation at Roundhill Community Church. He said, you know, when he thought of prayer and God, the word that, that occurred to him is the word transcendent, Oh, right? It transcends everything that we know. Mm-hmm. It transcends our understanding. And yet there is a personal quality about it, right. right? Right. And I think those are the things I've always tried to hold together in my life, that mm-hmm. whatever I think about, when I think about the word God, it's transcendent
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's personal.
0: Well, and that personal... <laughs> connection is unique to um certain faiths i would say yes right i'm thinking of sort of the interest if i get to my if i get this phrase right the inter intercessory mm-hmm. prayers you exactly. of of praying to a saint or to mary if you will i'm thinking of the that catholic church mm-hmm. um as a as an as a mediator yeah if you will mm-hmm. um to pray on our then to pray on our behalf. our behalf. Um and in our in our community we pray directly. 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 We have a director hotline.
1: There's no <laughs> no go around here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is when I think about it that way, I'm like, that's bold.
1: It is. That's bold. Right. Uh the priest is not the mediator. And but as you say, this is a tradition that sort you know has developed for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and has real authenticity for those who use it. But yeah, I was always raised in a tradition that said you open your heart directly to God. Mm-hmm. And uh Jesus is present somehow in that. Right. The Holy Spirit is present. So um yeah, that's our and so what is prayer? It's right. it's actually connection. Yeah. And uh, I knew a man many years ago who influenced me in my thinking about this. He said the most important word to think about in the word when you're thinking about praying is the word, the little word and. It's you and God. Mm-hmm. And his take was that the thing that makes that connection and keeps it there is what Christians typically have described as the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there's a great phrase, uh, in one of the New Testament letters from St. Paul, where he says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the spirit prays on our behalf. Interesting. Which I've loved. Yeah. Because so many times in my life, I can't find the right words. Right. 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 Or sometimes you, even if you could find them, you couldn't say them because there's so much emotion in the moment. Mm -hmm. So to know that there's this deep underground river that's always flowing, keeping us in connection. So if I don't know what the words are to pray. I say, look, I just, I'm just bringing my intention. Yeah. I'm here. I'm opening my heart. That's all I can do right at the moment.
0: I feel like this discussion leads very naturally into a conversation about... The Trinity. Because I had Mm, I will I will fully admit, I don't know that I had ever thought about it in this way. Because to me, prayer is speaking for myself, like me speaking to God. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I hadn't really thought a whole lot about Jesus in that. (laughs) Right. I was like, He's he's around. He's here. He's here. (laughs) And then the Holy Spirit is like an expression of God. Like I Clearly, I've not put a lot of thought in this. This is me. This is me, like in like realizing stuff out loud. So, do you think is I'm trying to ask if like is that common? But I guess it doesn't matter because that's how I pray, and I'm not gonna like that's you know. right. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's interesting. I wonder if if people think of a singularity or is it the full expression? I'm gonna have. The sound you're hearing is my mind being blown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can hear the gears. Yeah, I'm like, well, oh, I have
0: to think about this some more.
1: It's mind bending, isn't it? It is
0: a little, yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So in Christian theology, the Trinity is very important because the understanding is we experience God in these three different modes, mm-hmm. right? God the creator, Christ the redeemer, the Holy Spirit is sustainer of life. And you can add a whole lot of other words to those, right? Right. And um, enormous disagreement over the years about how all of that functions. Sure. I'll say to you, Leslie, that in the last... I, I, I wouldn't actually know how many years this has been, but for some reason, there, uh, there was a little shift that took place in me that if I was ever thinking mainly of God mm-hmm. in this prayer time... Um, or of Jesus or Spirit, it somehow it changed, and, and suddenly they're all there now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for a while.
0: That's neat.
1: So I think that you know the what we now call the doctrine of the Trinity, th- this way of understanding who God is and how God operates in the world, is very old. You right. know, it goes back into the first several hundred years of Christianity, mm-hmm. and there was enormous debate about it. But I find, in terms of prayer that it's these three energies that are moving. Mm -hmm. And so in prayer, essentially what I'm doing when I pray is to put myself at the disposal of those energies. And one thing I will say, I have found myself in recent years making my prayers less specific for the outcome.
0: Mm. Someone
1: says to me, would you pray for someone for healing, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. my, my path has really been to say, I pray for, and I include the name of that person. Mm-hmm. Because I believe, and this is sheer faith operating here, that when I add my little prayer energy right. to the other people, that there's somehow, it, it's like the neural pathways of the universe are kind of opening up a little bit. When we all do that, there is a sense of helpfulness about it. Um, that gets communicated. And I'll just tell a a personal story about this when, and I often think about this when people ask me about prayer. When I was in college, I had a family member who died in an accident and that person's obituary, this was my brother, um, was included in the town newspaper. So uh, about a year or so after that happened, no, I'm sorry, it was several years after that happened, Um, I had met the pastor of the local United Methodist Church in my town, whom I'd never met earlier. And we had a chance to work together on a project. So we introduced ourselves and he said, your name sounds familiar to me. And he said, oh wait, that was your brother who died some years ago. And I said, yeah, that's right. And he said, we prayed for you. And the thing that struck me is that back at the time when my family was going through that, I felt this very, um, I, I can only say mysterious s- kind of sourceless. It was like somebody had planted a little infusion of energy in my chest. I actually mm. felt this. So I had no idea where that came from. I certainly felt its benefit when it was there. Sure. As soon as he said that my mind made a connection between this community praying for my family, didn't know a soul in that church, Yeah. um, and my experience of just carrying that little booster of energy with me. Wow. So ever since that, you know, sometimes I wax and wane in my eye, my thoughts about, like, is this ever matter? Right. You know, does this do any good? I mean, I think everybody who prays asks that question. I think so. And then every time I think those thoughts, I think back, and I remember his name, Sidney Lambert, and his comment to me, and I think, okay, I'm going to pray. Wow. So...
0: What a powerful story. Yeah. Because it does make me think when we were discussing all the ways that prayer is in our everyday language, Mm. the often maligned thoughts and prayers. yes, right? um, In a time where maybe action is also needed. I think sometimes it's saying, well, instead, um, you know, instead you should be taking action. But that thoughts and prayers can kind of feel uh, bare minimum,
1: bare minimum. I so agree with you. And, you know, I think there is actually a way in which thoughts and prayers do represent just the bare minimum Mm -hmm. because there's no desire to actually change the situation, right? Right. This is especially true with gun violence. That's why, Yeah. you know, I remember someone from the Parkland after the Parkland shooting, one of the students said, don't give us your thoughts and your prayers. Mm -hmm. I will say to you, this surprised me. I got my back up a little bit about this (laughs) as this was unfold, as I started to hear this around so many different things, right? Keep your thoughts and prayers. But the fact of the matter is that there's a wonderful old saying, which is that prayer is an uprising against the disorder of the world. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's an action. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it has to be accompanied by something right, right and right. so it's it's accompanied by our demonstration. We demonstrate with our lives mm-hmm. what we're praying for
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what that's what gives thoughts and prayer substance. but if there's no demonstration right that we're backing up our prayer, we're living out our prayer right prioritizing that value then then it's just you're right it's barely the minimum right or worse
0: yeah. That's an I, I appreciate that perspective because sometimes it just sort of feels like, yeah. I mean, I sometimes have that thought of like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> right, doesn't it? You know, like you know, we have these huge things and we're praying, and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't make me feel any better, which isn't probably the goal. But it's like it doesn't make me feel better, and are we actually doing anything? Right,
1: there's like this know? big void right that we're not sure that anything is yeah i mean this is really an act of faith (laughs) yeah right the thing i love about this is one thing i i really love about the bible that there are 150 psalms Uh in the bible and if anybody thinks that prayer is like a smooth ride to the ocean just go read the book of psalms because they're angry yeah and you know hello is anybody there yeah, it's that kind of thing. I and then they the oh so they're much. wonderful. I right? love them so much. Nothing is held back. And I think that's why in, in monasteries across the world, they chant through the Psalms every single week because they keep grounding us.
0: Like the human experience. Right. And
1: if someone says, Well, wait, you know, you don't feel that angry all the time, the answer is usually, but someone does.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm
1: kind of that person's voice. And I'm I'm remembering that it's okay to have the voice of like, is any hello? I haven't gotten an answer here. In a long time.
0: <laughs> I have to tell you, there's this amazing woman. I don't know if she's on Instagram or TikTok. I don't do TikTok, but those things always like cross-pollinate. Yep. And she's standing in a field in her bathroom <laughs> screaming. But she's like, today... I'm going to try to back away from the mic. She's like, today I am going to take life and I'm going to give it a big hug. <laughs> and it's going to be great.
1: <laughs> she's just, like
0: in her bathroom right. <laughs> barefoot. <laughs> Yep. She walks through the camera. I think she's I like, can picture. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's called manifesting. Look it up.
1: <laughs> it gets oh, me that's every wonderful. time.
0: And just this idea of just shouting your intentions into the void. Right. And just this open. She's so open. She, <laughs> I, I adore every moment of it. <laughs> oh, that's what a what a sweet
1: image. It's well, great. And, and I think even if we don't go out in the bare you know, barefoot in our bathrobe in the field.
0: White puffy bath. It's great. Right. We've those. had these moments. Yes. It's a great image. I feel. I feel like because she she is so. There's something about it that's so like we kind of all wanted to do that. No kidding, right? Because sometimes I think we think of prayer as like Quiet, oh yes and contemplative. Oh, and calm. <laughs> and sometimes you just want to shout into the <laughs> void at the top of your lungs.
1: I knew a woman who was a youth director of a church in Vermont, and she used to take her—so every year she'd kind of have a new group of students in her youth group. Yeah. She would give them copies of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah and they would go out into the woods and scream it. Nice. <laughs> at the top of their lungs. And you know these kids would be like, well, our father, oh who art, you know, just like yes, little Timothy, no, yeah. she said, that's not going to do it. You have got to push through this." I and love she it. would scream these words at the top of her lungs. <laughs> and I thought that is a great way to teach I mean, these these prayers are usually great energized collections of words, right? right? And she had these kids um just just doing that and getting engaged. Yeah, we were like in the safe zone most of the time. Right. The songs are probably screamed. Most of them are these people in their bathrobes.
0: That's what it seems like. <laughs> well, I think I remember being on you know, some like youth retreat thing that we would always do in Atlanta mm-hmm. you know, and like, oh, I should read my bible i should read my bible that's the thing i'm supposed to be doing right apparently (laughs) ever ever obedient leslie like oh yes that's what (laughs) that's what being a a 14 year old christian looks like yes i'm gonna sit (laughs) here in my bible um and i stumbled upon the psalms and i stumbled upon the song of solomon Mm. and i was like well now things are interesting
1: (laughs) if that's prayer i want i was like
0: well now i'm in (laughs) Like okay then,
1: you just got to find the right book.
0: Here's what we're looking for. It was just like you know, there was something more human about it that that spoke to my 14 year old angsty heart. Absolutely, you know, beautifully so.
1: Good, good for you for stumbling across that.
0: I was just flipping through, just flipping through. I was like, oh, this is what? Is this is this is a typo? What's happening here? (laughs) This this guy's angry. Yeah. It's all good. You know, and it's like you think, I feel like, I don't know, like you picture the Bible and it's this very like serious thing. Yeah. This, you know, I had this impression of it, I think, as a young person, you know, it was read from the pulpit by very serious people. Oh, right. Our
1: understanding of those texts has been shaped by the limitations of the voices who preached about them. Mm. So, you know, if people, if people communicate about the Bible with a voice that's not their natural voice, it already becomes something unnatural. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How to get past that?
0: basically all the people who speak and they have like a slightly different voice when they do it. Yes, you know oh,
1: this is the dreaded pulpit voice. The
0: pulpit voice. Do you guys? Do you guys talk about? That? Oh talk yes, about that in seminary.
1: And thank God, I I had a teacher in seminary. I mean, one of the few seminaries that had a professor of speech and drama. Oh, nice. And it was required class.
0: You would think so.
1: And you know, when it comes to prayer, it's interesting because he would sometimes say to us, so i hear so there was a part of union seminary that was called the pit which you know sort of speaks for itself there was and everybody gathered there in the morning and there's all this great easy conversation and he would say to somebody you know when i hear you out in the pit i love your voice
0: Uh, i
1: love to hear you laugh when i hear you pray in the chapel what became of that person
0: oh wow
1: and that's the other way i think to look at prayer is to let it be natural Mm -hmm. and if you don't know what to say you don't have to say anything at all just let the spirit do the work.
0: I love it. Thank you, Ed, and thank you all for joining us here at Roundhill Radio. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church, and we'll see you back here next week.